Hello and welcome to episode two of our motor speech disorder series. Last week we spoke about the differential diagnosis of motor speech disorders and today we will be discussing the assessment of these motor speech disorders. It is important to first conduct a screening since a screening will identify the need for further assessment and it may be completed before a comprehensive evaluation. Screening can be completed using non-standardized or informal methods. During a screening, speech-language pathologists also look for signs of comorbid language, cognitive communication, and swallowing deficits associated with the neurological disorder. It is also important to complete a hearing screening to rule out possible hearing loss that might affect testing. If the individual wears hearing aids, the devices need to be inspected to ensure that they are in working order and they need to be worn during the screening. The results of the screening procedures are interpreted within the context of the individual's cognitive, linguistic, and sensory deficits. Screenings are ideally conducted in the languages used by the person, and cultural and linguistic diversity needs to be taken into account. Screening may result in recommendations for rescreening, a comprehensive assessment, and or referrals for other examinations or services. The assessment of motor speech disorders should include both standardized and non-standardized assessment measures. Examples of standardized tests that can be used include the dysarthria examination battery, word intelligibility test, the assessment of intelligibility in dysarthric speech, apraxia battery for adults, and the apraxia of speech rating scale. The goals of a motor speech assessment include to describe characteristics of the individual speech and relevant findings, to describe the speech subsystems affected such as articulation, phonation, respiration, resonance, and prosody, as well as the severity of the impairment for each, to identify other systems and processes that may be affected such as swallowing, language, and cognition, and to assess the impact of the motor speech disorder on speech intelligibility and naturalness, communication, communicative efficiency and effectiveness and participation. In line with the World Health Organization's International Classification of Functioning, Disability and Health, or the ICF framework, the assessment will identify and describe impairments in body structure and function, including underlying strengths and weaknesses in speech production and verbal or nonverbal communication, the individual's limitations in activity and participation, including functional status and communication, interpersonal interactions, self-care and learning, contextual factors which may be environmental or personal factors that serve as barriers to or facilitators of successful communication and life participation, as well as the impact of communication impairments on quality of life and functional limitations relative to the individual's pre-morbid social roles and abilities and the impact on his or her community. So a motor speech assessment includes the following areas. First, a case history. This may include a review of current medical status and medical diagnoses, medical and surgical history. So some relevant medical history could include heart disease, stroke, tracheostomy, etc., surgeries, hearing, if the person has hearing aids, visions, do they have glasses, contacts, dentitions, do they have any dentures, respiration, and assistive devices such as a wheelchair or a walker. Any medications that the patient is on, prior level of function, education and employment, age, 
cultural and linguistic background and social history, such as their relationship status, their children, caregivers, and their living situation. So where do they live and with who, etc. Any communication and swallowing diagnoses as well. The speech language history also needs to be looked at, including current or previous occupational therapy, physical therapy, or any other services. The patient's concerns and goals for speech therapy also need to be discussed with the patient. Case history information can be obtained by reviewing medical files, speaking to other medical professionals involved and interviewing the patient, which can double up as an informal receptive language assessment and a speech sample. Information can also be obtained by interviewing family members or caregivers. Next, the patient's mental status needs to be examined in order to identify whether the patient is alert, responsive, cooperative, confused, impulsive, uncooperative, combative, or unresponsive. This is important to do as it will heavily influence the assessment. An oral motor examination will then be conducted. This will look at the strength, range of motion, and symmetry of the following. First, we look at the jaw. This will be examined at rest when the jaw is open and closed. We'll look at jaw lateralization, protrusion, and retraction. Then we can look at the lips, which will be examined at rest, protrusion, retraction. Uh, we'll also look at repet repetitive protrusion and retraction. Uh, we can also look at the tongue at rest, the strength of the tongue, and whether the patient is able to move the tongue up and down and to lateralize the tongue. The velum will also be examined at rest, and by asking the patient to say a prolonged R, Diadical kinetic rates will be assessed by measuring the repetition of specific sounds in a given period of time. To do this, the patient will be asked to complete three trials of each of the following. Pa, 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 ka, 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 ta, 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 and pa, ta, ka. Phonation and respiration will also be looked at by assessing the quality, duration, and loudness of the patient's voice during oral reading and conversation. Speech intelligibility will be assessed at a phoneme, word, sentence, and conversational level. A connected speech sample and reading sample can be obtained, and a nice way to do this is to have the patient read the rainbow passage. The patient can also be asked to repeat words and phrases. Picture description and naming tasks can also be used. Comprehensibility is the degree to which the listener understands a spoken message, given other information or cues, such as topic, semantic context, and gestures, to enhance communication, and this will be assessed. It's important to gauge the patient's awareness of their motor, motor speech impairment and their ability to effectively and consistently use strategies that will improve their speech intelligibility and the listener's understanding of the message. The Communicative Effectiveness Index, or SETI, can be used to get a better understanding of changes in functional communication ability. So based on the above findings of the assessment, the speech language pathologist will be able to comment whether an individual's motor speech is within the normal limits, whether the patient has an apraxia of speech and the severity of the apraxia, or whether the patient has a dysarthria, as well as the type and the severity of the dysarthria. Activity limitations and participation restrictions should also be looked at with regards to general tasks, household tasks, employment, education, interpersonal and community. We have included a motor speech disorders evaluation template in the description that can be used to guide your assessment. And other additional areas of assessment include language such as receptive and expressive language 
skills that will be assessed in oral and written modalities to help distinguish between dysarthria and aphasia. And um, cognitive communication in order to identify aspects of verbal or nonverbal communication that may be affected by disruptions in cognition, such as attention, memory, organization, executive function, and lastly, swallowing to assess the patient's swallowing function. Based on the findings of the assessment, the speech language pathologist will make appropriate referrals where, where necessary. The assessment finding will also assist with the development of an intervention or management plan, as well as the presence of comorbid conditions, such as apraxia of speech, aphasia, a cognitive communication disorder, or a swallowing disorder. When conducting an assessment of apraxia or dysarthria, speech-language pathologists must take into account cultural and linguistic factors that may influence the method and outcome of testing. In the South African context, we would need to take into consideration the fact that the test may be conducted in a language that is not the patient's first language. We would also need to consider the literacy level of the patient, as this would impact aspects of the assessment, such as conducting an oral case history interview as opposed to giving the patient a form, as well as reading and writing tasks. We would need to consider how culturally and contextually relevant testing material is. For example, a picture of an igloo or a map of America may not be relevant or identifiable by all people in the South African context. Lastly, we would need to take into account the fact that standardized tests have not been normed on the South African population, and thus results of these tests may not be an accurate representation. And that's it for today. Thank you for listening and tune in to next week's episode where we will speak about the management of motor speech disorders. Please don't forget to complete the link, the quiz linked in the description below for CPD points. Bye.